Greetings, listeners. Bit of a different show today in that you're not going to be listening to Ragback. You'll be listening to an entirely different podcast. Thanks to everyone who's been in touch to say there's this guy in America who's apparently copying me. He's made virtually an exact replica of the Ragbag podcast, renamed it, and now he's putting out his own version every fortnight, essentially stealing my shtick. So I listened to this guy's podcast and I agreed. I thought they had a point and I was all ready to threaten this guy with court action when I noticed how long he's been doing it for. I started in 2018. He's been going since 2009. If anything, I'm copying him. So let me say this. Hodgepodge. That's the name of this podcast, right? Hodgepodge is absolutely nothing like Ragbag. Absolutely nothing like it. And to prove it to you, I'm going to play you an episode of Hodgepodge in its entirety. It's actually a very good show and I think you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's do this. Here's Hodgepodge with Bert Finkelstein. Welcome to Hodgepodge. Over the next 45 minutes, I'm going to be playing some awesome music. And what else? Should I put the world to rights for a little bit, listeners? Would you like that? Of course you would. Hey, let's listen to some tunes, and then we can get back to the pudding, and the world, and the rights, and all that. Sounds good?
First of all, shout out to those conspiracy theorists. Yes, I'm keeping on top of all those Reddit discussions about me and my little show. I don't know why you even bother, but I suppose it gives you something to do with your time. Out of interest, I think I might conduct a listener survey. So watch out for that on social media. Please participate so I can get an accurate reading here, guys. How many of you listen to HodgePodge because you like the music I play? And how many of you are listening because you heard I'm actually a reptilian creature from outer space who, you know, has his own podcast? And the only reason you subscribe is that you and your Reddit buddies are listening out for coded propaganda inserted by my lizard overlords. Keep up the good work, guys. And don't forget, you flimsy humans will never have the capacity to overthrow the master race. That was a joke. Or was it? I suppose I have to keep you guessing. By the way, I enjoy it when you guys have fallings out with each other. Like the other day, Sparrowhawk the Fourth claimed that when I changed back into my reptilian form, I have orange skin. Isn't it obvious, guys? He played that JFDR track last week. JFDR is also a band called Pascal Pinon. And their third album contains a song called Orange. Isn't it obvious? Meanwhile, fellow online theorist, the turquoise mongrel, says, Don't listen to that music, man. It's a distraction. Or it's there to brainwash us in some way. Fast forward over it. I sincerely hope no one actually is doing that, by the way. Anyway, the conspiracy nuts go back and forth with each other for a while until the debate starts getting personal. What kind of name is Sparrowhawk the Fourth anyway? Were you bullied as a kid? Did your parents beat you? Are you brain damaged? Not so far as I know, buddy. See, I do have a confession to make. I've mentioned that I've been keeping an eye on your discussions. I've been participating in them too. Yes, I am Sparrowhawk the Fourth, and I stand by the orange thing. Sometimes I do get a little bit orange. Shout out to Marty at the tanning salon, by the way. See you Thursday, bro. I must say, one of the most interesting conspiracy theories out there right now is that I have some sort of doppelganger over in England. His name is Frank Burton, which seems pretty unlikely. He hosts a podcast called Ragbag. Someone sent me a link, but I think it might be some sort of phishing scam. Come on, guys. You have to try harder than that. I mean, Ragbag? Who in their right mind would actually produce a podcast with such a stupid name? Shout out to Frank anyway. If you're a real person. Apparently, we have similar sounding theme songs. Or are we just two individuals with similar tastes? Maybe we'll never know. Hold on. I'm getting a call through. Jeez. It's my Uncle Clive. I I better take this, guys. He won't stop calling until I answer. Uh, He's an extremely low-rent stalker. Hello? Hi, Bert. It's your Uncle Clive. I know it is. We have this thing called caller ID. It's been in operation for around 25 years now. What's it called? Caller ID. You mean ID as in identification or ID as in psychoanalytic term? 
Did I say id or did I say id? You said id, but how do I know that you weren't spelling the word id? Why would I randomly spell one of the words in the sentence? Also, color ID is an actual thing, which ought to be self-explanatory from the name. Color id doesn't make any sense. In theory, you could have some kind of system whereby when a person calls you, your phone displays a detailed analysis of that person's primal innate desires and impulses so that you know it's them. Uh, rather than just displaying their name? So that's caller ID? Yes, that's caller ID. Could you show me how to set it up on my phone? That sounds very useful. Yes, I can do that, Uncle Clive. But listen, I'm kind of in the middle of recording my podcast right now. Is there a particular reason that you're calling? No. Okay, well, I'll, I'll call back later. Bye, Boot. Bye. Okay, listeners, let's hear some more music, and then we can get back to me putting the world to rights. Is that a thing people say, by the way? Putting the world to rights? I'm sure I've heard it before, and I think I know what it means. It's an uncertain world. It really is.
change.
When I was seven years old, my dad called me into his room where he spent most of his time when I was at home. He mostly watched football and the news in there and stayed out of me and my mom's way. But today he had something to tell me, something important he needed to explain. I sat down next to him on the bed. He said, Bert, I need to tell you something man to man. I'm not a man, dad, I reminded him. But you will be one day, son, he said. So it's super important that you know about the birds and the bees. I know that already, I said. We did this whole school project on honeybees. 
But do you know how they reproduce, he said. What does that mean? Well, this is all leading up to me explaining how babies are made. Okay, I said. How are babies made? Uh, I have to tell you about baby birds and baby bees first. It's easier that way. Uh, and then we can circle back to uh, people. My, my dad launched into a very long and detailed explanation of, of how reproduction works in the plants and in the animal kingdom, finishing up with birds and their eggs. This speech of his seemed to stretch on for hours, but I didn't mind it too much. It was nice to actually spend time with my dad. He was usually so busy with his TV. So what about people, I said. How do people do it? Hang on, he said. Sorry, Bert. I misjudged how long this was going to take. Football's back on. Get out of here. I need to concentrate on the game. Should we pick up when the game's over, I said? Sure, he muttered. His eyes were already glued to the screen. I went off and played with my train set downstairs. A couple hours later, I returned to my dad's room. The game was finished, and he was sleeping soundly. My mom called me down for dinner. My dad never ate with us. He was always on his own schedule. A special diet, as he used to call it. Later in life, I learned that my dad's special diet mostly consisted of KFC in the early hours of the morning. But anyway... At dinner, I asked my mom where babies came from. She said, I'll tell you when you're older. I said, Dad was just about ready to tell me, but he fell asleep. He told me how plants and animals and birds do it. Uh, there are a lot of different methods. I just need to know which method humans use. My mom had her hands clasped over her mouth. Are you okay? I said quickly. My mom pulled her hand away and straightened herself up. Your dad shouldn't have told you all that stuff. You're too young. This is grown-up business, Bert. I'll have to talk with your father. Don't go asking him again. I wonder what the big secret was. What was so horrible about how humans reproduced? By the sound of things, I'd have to wait until I was old enough to watch horror movies to get the information I wanted. Lying in bed that night, I started thinking about the birds and the bees. Specifically the birds. It seemed to me the most likely explanation was that humans reproduced in much the same way that birds did. By fertilizing an egg. Laying it in a nest and waiting it for it to hatch. I'd heard about women going to the hospital and coming out with babies. Maybe that's where all the human nests were kept. It stood the reason that a human nest would be much bigger than a bird's nest. So they would need a big building, like a hospital, to keep them in. I wanted to ask my parents about all this in the morning, but my mom was so horrified by me asking even a basic question about where babies came from, so I guess I would just have to wait until I was older. As the years went by, I didn't think much more about it. Occasionally I would ask my mom where babies came from. Again, I was told I was too young. Somewhere along the line, my assumptions that humans lay eggs and kept them in nests in a maternity ward became rock-solid fact in my mind. In the absence of evidence to the contrary, this was my truth. When I was 10, my mother took me out of public school to homeschool me. Yes, that's right, Mr. Turquoise Mongrel, or whatever your name is. You're pretty perceptive. I was for sure bullied in school, or so the story goes. 
I don't actually remember being pushed around particularly. I later suspected my mother used bullying as an excuse to take me out of school because her overactive paranoid imagination made her unreasonably suspicious of the education system. Some nights the two of us would be forced to sleep on cots in the basement, afraid of UFO attacks, but that's another story. As a consequence of my homeschooling, I missed out on sex ed altogether. Even in my mid-teens, my mom was still telling me I wasn't old enough yet. Inevitably, I missed out on a lot of socializing too. I was allowed to hang out with a few kids in the neighborhood in small doses. For a while, I was the cool kid on the block. Literally too cool for school. I loved making up stories about my home life while they were all working hard. I'd sleep in until noon. My mom would wake me up with chocolate ice cream for brunch. Then we'd watch a few educational shows on TV, and I'd play video games for the rest of the afternoon. All obvious fiction, of course, but my buddies seemed happy to play along. When I was 16, I was invited to a house party a couple of streets over. My mom was reluctant to agree, but I promised I'd be back by midnight and stay away from drugs or alcohol. I had my first taste of beer that night. I pretended to enjoy it. There were a few kids there who I hadn't seen since I left school. I felt weird seeing them all grown up. I guess it was weird for them too. They huddled around me asking me questions about my home life. Figured my stories of ice cream brunches and video games weren't probably going to cut it with this crowd. So I told them the truth. I hated it and I couldn't wait to leave home. Someone pointed out a girl at the other end of the room who I recognized from school. Notice that she's not drinking, he whispered. Why do you think that is? His friends were looking over and giggling. Uh, maybe she doesn't like it, I said. How about Brian Murphy knocked her up? One of them said. Knocked her up how? I said. Jesus, Finkelstein. You don't know what knocked up means? Doesn't your mom teach you about sex ed? Trust me, I said, definitively. My mom gives me plenty of sex education. The guys busted out laughing. I didn't know what I said wrong, but I made note never to say it again. So she's, I said, she's having a baby, Finkelstein. Right, I said. Okay, interesting. I paused and God knows why, but it just came out. I said, so when is she going to lay the egg? Their laughter was like nothing I have ever heard. But that was just the beginning. They were calling their friends over. Hey, Joe. Hey, Matt. Hey, Paul. You're never going to guess what Finkelstein just said. It wasn't long before the story had spread through the entire house. Both floors. Wherever I stepped, my fellow 16-year-olds were pointing, laughing, repeating the words. So, when's she going to lay the egg? And laughing some more. It was at least two years before I went to another party. As much as I tried to keep a low profile, whenever I left the house, I was guaranteed to pass some local kids at some point. And whoever they were, whether I knew them or not, they would point at me and shout, So when's she gonna lay the egg? It's been a long time since I got back to my hometown. By the way, 
I received the answer about where babies came from shortly after that party. I gave up asking my mom. It was the 90s. Instead of asking my parents, I asked Jeeves. And I must say, Jeeves was pretty helpful. Jeeves was more than forthcoming on the subject of where babies come from. You could say, over the months that followed, besides being thoroughly humiliated, I was getting to be highly educated. Thank <laughs> you. 
Shout out to Stanley on the seventh floor. The seventh floor of what, Stanley? Be specific. Stanley says, My favorite cup is chipped, and my girlfriend, Fatima, wants me to throw it away. But I just can't because of its sentimental value. She's a regular listener too, so I know she'll hear this message if you read it. Come on, Bert. Back me up on this, man. Listen, Stanley. I don't necessarily feel comfortable getting involved in this kind of domestic dispute. But let's just say this. Fatima, it's clear to me that this cup means a lot to Stanley, so maybe just let him keep this one prized possession. For balance, let me also say this. You guys live on the seventh floor. If that cup accidentally got left out on the window ledge during a storm, who knows what could happen. Call it an act of God. Shout out to Xavier in the United Kingdom. You know, I keep thinking about this other podcast. This one from the UK and this guy, Frank Burton. From what I heard, he does a show similar to this one and tells stories from his life. From what I've heard, it seems like he's lived a similar life to me. As regular listeners know, a few years ago, my dad drove down the street to buy a newspaper and never came back. Apparently, that's exactly what happened to this other guy, this Frank Burton. He wrote a book about it. It's called Everything I Am. And I'm a little afraid to read it because maybe it's not just about everything he is. Maybe it's about everything I am, too. Maybe I don't want to know everything about myself. I'm afraid to click on a link and listen to the podcast. 
and I've got to be honest about why that is. It's not because I think it might be a phishing scam. I'm sure it's legit. I'm afraid I have discovered my doppelganger, a man on the other side of the ocean living an identical life to me. And the thing about doppelgangers, if you look into mythology around these things, meeting your own doppelganger can bring extremely bad luck, possibly even death. Will I die from listening to this guy's podcast? I don't really believe that. I mean, it does sound pretty good, and I don't really think it's a stupid name. I take that back. It just makes you think, doesn't it? Makes you wonder how it's possible for two total strangers to be so eerily similar. Or maybe it's just what everyone is like. We all have more in common than what divides us. Or do we? Is that just a cliche? What do you want, Uncle Clive? I'm still recording here. How did you know it was me? I explained all that to you already. What do you want? I'm doing this crossword and thought you could help me with something. 60s band known as the Fab Four, the something, seven letters. Any ideas? It's the Beatles, Uncle. Are you sure? Absolutely positive. You must have heard of the Beatles. You grew up in the 60s, didn't you? Yes, but I mostly listened to Avocor Jazz. Everything else passed me by. Okay, uh, well, they're a good band. I think that you would like them. And uh, definitely the answer, B-E-A-T-L-E-S. That's not how you spell Beatles. It's how they spell it. Listen, I'll call you back later. Bye. Bye, Bert.
I guess that's it for me, listeners. Don't forget to check out the survey on Twitter. I'll stick it up on Facebook and Instagram, too. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been a blast. Be sure to subscribe to your favorite podcast, HodgePodge, and recommend me to a friend. Maybe I'll check out that other podcast. Who knows? Maybe he's heard of me, too.